From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Kevin Farrell will be back next week. Today is all about your go-to meals. Even during the summer months, things can get busy, so we're going to give you a few go-to meals. Those that are easy dishes that Deborah has mastered and the ones that are novice like me, I can't even mess up. So if you have a go-to dish you want to share with us, give us a call this morning, one 877 Ring. That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Also, during the hour, we'll highlight another Mississippi farm, the Avent family, this for that has been producing the delicious Delta Blues rice. So stay tuned. We have a good show lined up, and we'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back from MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends, Kevin Farrell, her regular Monday morning man. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Today we're talking about all of your go-to meals. Even during these summer months, things can get busy. So we're going to give you a few go-to meals. I think Deborah even created one this morning. And uh, if you have something that you want to share with us, a go-to dish, give us a call. one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. And as we have been doing all summer long, we're um, highlighting another Mississippi farm. Uh, we're going to Ruleville today and speak with David Arant of the Arant family as they've been producing um, a delicious product, Delta Blues Rice, so stay tuned. Um, got, a, got a good show lined up for you. And we always start off with a delicious meal every morning. <laughs> but before <laughs> we get to that, how you doing this morning, Deborah? I am absolutely fantastic. And to the driver that ran me off the road this morning. Oh, wow. You. I mean, that was hilarious. Road rage on a Monday. Who does that? That's I've never been <laughs> able to get my head around road rage. Oh, my gosh. It was so hilarious. But I'm grateful that, you know, it all went well. We didn't have a collision. And, you know, I managed to get here safe and sound today. So, yay. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. And um, you, you were telling me a little bit um, before we get into this this wonderful, delicious that d- dish that everybody has been exclaiming about this morning. Um, you were on the farm this weekend. Oh, gosh. Listen, there is no better dream than being on the farm. And this weekend, of course, we're still rolling out hay. It's that season. And usually hay season starts around May, uh, Java, and it ends somewhere around July. The rain, of course, is because it pushed us back a little bit. But out there working, hanging out with the cows and slapping a few pigs and, just, I mean, rode the horse this weekend. I mean, it's just been absolutely amazing. And so I had a really great time and can't wait to get that hay sold. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a good. I, I don't can't remember the last time I was like actually on a farm, maybe there's a kid on a field trip or something. Okay. Now, this is now this. Uh, 
<laughs> out there, um, what do they call it? slopping the hogs? Oh gosh, Deborah yeah. just showed me um, a picture on her Facebook. But they were at it, at the farm with the horses and the pigs. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's the beautiful thing about being in Mississippi. You know, especially being a girl, you can put on your high heels and your lipstick, or you can go out and, you know, put your jeans on, grab your boots and, you know, rope a cow or two. So Just like we had Dr. Cindy Ayers, she traded in her high heel boots for uh Well, I'm, ne- I'm never going to trade in my lipstick and high heels. I'm so sorry. But when it's time to get, you know, down and dirty, I'm not scared to do that. And uh, it's, it's actually kind of therapeutic, not kind of it is because it's like the fresh air you got the cows you you know we got pigs out there beautiful beautiful horses so you know it's a lot of fun and then you know it's great time to go fishing so oh yeah we should all get outside and and unplug as we as oh we, you my know. gosh no cell phones no laptops i, I myself actually i'm I, i'm on a uh, self-described, I, I, I peek every once in a while, social media uh, break. Okay. So I've been missing your pictures because okay. you you make Facebook mouth watering. Oh, wow. Because wow. <laughs> you're always in the kitchen and, and, and showing what, you, what you're whipping up and what you're making. So I've been missing your pictures, but I've been taking a little social media break. Well, I, I think everybody needs to do that. And being out on the farm uh, is really a wonderful, wonderful way to do that. I mean, it's like the air is fresher, you know, it, it's, it's just being in nature. It's just kind, you know, to be out there. And then the animals just kind of take you to another place. You know, it is um, being able to have, you know, the horses really engage you and to be able to ride. It's a different kind of freedom. So, yeah, I'm a happy girl. Okay. And, and speaking of happy, so many of uh, our coworkers are, uh, <laughs> are happy this morning. Uh, thank you to Michelle McAdoo for um Thank uh, holding down the boards this morning, but uh, you brought in a delicious dish, and I'm, I'm glad you included. Um, I, I don't even tell me tell us what you <laughs> tell us what you brought in. It's a simple dish actually, but you 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 put your Deborah Hunter cooking with honey and friends on it. <laughs> well, it's just a basic chicken and rice java, but this chicken and rice has a whole bunch of flavors. And one of my uh, favorite pieces of chicken uh, is the chicken thighs because they hold a lot of moisture. And basically what I did is just seize them up a little bit of salt and pepper is the basic seasonings here. Tiny bit of flavor, not a lot, just enough to dust it with. You don't want to get a bit a heavy coating. Then we take a little bit of olive oil and sear them on both sides. Olive oil, I love yes. it. Yes. Go ahead and add my mushrooms in after I've browned them on both sides. I've got some uh, fresh yellow onions in here as well. So we've browned those up. And then right about the time that they're brown on both sides really well, I add just a tiny bit of apple cider vinegar to this chicken. It gives it an amazing flavor. It is just absolutely wonderful. And of course, today we use that fabulous rice, that Delta rice. Delta Blues rice. Yes. Oh, my God. We got this beautiful bite of rice. And then I finished this dish off with some fresh mint, some green onions, and we added just a little bit of fresh grated Parmesan cheese on it. So it's all these amazing, incredible flavors. Taking a simple chicken dish, taking it and making it a five-star dish is really quick. It's easy. Your family's happy. We served it in a skillet, which is perfect because you can put it all in one, you know, dish right on the table. Everybody grab a spoon. It's a great way to commute, uh, create community in a dish. Amazing. And yeah, this is like I said, you basically created one of a, a like a go-to dish for someone uh, this morning. I know for me because you can take chicken and rice and. Um, 
you know, put your put your magic on it, jazz it up. And if uh, uh, send this out to our listeners, if you have a, a go to dish you want to share with us this morning, uh, you can join the conversation. Give us a call. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send an email to food at mpbonline dot org. Um, now you've put the mushrooms in this dish, and I know I uh, took a bite of a couple of them, and I thought it was chicken. Like you can. Well, what happens is, is because we braised our chicken up first, we seize it up, and then you add these fresh mushrooms. These are not jarred mushrooms. These are fresh mushrooms. It's going to pick up that wonderful flavor, that amazing bite that you have. So it's incredible. And then you can really use this dish. You don't have to have the chicken. If you just want to use the mushrooms, if you're trying to cut back on some of those extra proteins, just go ahead and use your mushrooms. It's a wonderful bite. I mean, it's an incredible dish. You got the rice. You can use your mushroom. Use use your fresh herbs, basils and mints pair well with rice. Of course, everybody knows that. Get you some green onions because I think you can put them on everything and it's so pretty. <laughs> it does give it that extra presentation. We always eat with our eyes. Absolutely. And then the Parmesan just really finishes the dish off really well. Yeah, no, this is this is a very delicious dish. I'm trying my best to, you know, keep my radio rules and uh, <laughs> not eat on on uh, on I'm the microphone. I'm sorry, I'm breaking the rules today. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, this is really, really yummy. And everybody loves a great chicken and rice because it's so easy. Now, chicken and rice, I, I don't fancy myself a cook. I wish I could cook more or cook uh, as well as others. <laughs> but last night, I um, I, I paid something with rice um salmon oh absolutely just some, some, some regular salmon um ro- just a little rosemary and garlic also i um I, I admittedly and i know she's probably listening called my mother and i asked <laughs> i said i said mother how, well i didn't say mother i said mom how do you uh saute broccoli and she gave me a nice little recipe with the olive oil yeah and um and we had sauteed broccoli salmon and uh and rice prepared by yours truly oh how fantastic <laughs> you know and that's you know of course you know i'm a traditional southern cook so i keep a little bit of butter in my uh pantry always but if you if you want to use a little bit of olive oil some sunflower oil some grapeseed oil is perfect for cooking with you want to you know kind of change it up a little bit you know a little bit more healthier kinds of items to have and then sometimes uh I will do half and half because I still want that yummy buttery flavor. Okay. Maybe not as much. So you're just going to cut the portions in half and kind of blend them together. So when you're seizing up your, whether you're doing your fish or your uh, chicken in this case, you still get the, a wonderful balance there. But you don't have to have the butter at all. But, you know, I'm a Southern girl. What can I say? No, you have, you have, you have, to, keep, you have to keep some butter handy. I yeah. mean, it, 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 it does make everything um, everything a little better because I can remember even um, as a young as a young child, um, rice and butter. Like, that's nothing, oh, nothing, nothing else. <laughs> Speaking of a wonderful Delta dish, you know, and I know some people are going to go, oh, my God, this is crazy. But for those people in the Greenville area, Leland, Cleveland area, the first time I ever had, this is going to be so crazy, rice butter with sugar on top. And I was like, oh, my God. I was visiting a very dear friend of mine, Mrs. Bell, and she lived in Leland, Mississippi, and she was preparing us breakfast. And I was like, what the heck is this, right? <laughs> And it was, but it was really wonderful. But of course, you know, uh, one of the things that I say all the time is learn to live a very balanced life. 
Okay, and we also have a uh, rice pudding. Oh my gosh! <laughs> being being put out, being put out there by uh, by our producer for the day, Michelle McAdoo. Oh gosh, I love a great. You rice actually pudding. brought in some I, rice pudding uh, a couple a couple weeks ago. Absolutely, rice pudding is you know it's one of those dishes when you get the leftover rice, and that's pretty much you know how the staple was usually served in most Southern homes. So that was the leftover rice, and you wanted to create something sweet for your family, and so you took this this really firm rice and you added in a little bit of cream and you added some sugar and some egg and you whipped it up really good to kind of get that really thickness you know want to hold it together then you added in wonderful fruit like your pineapples or your blueberries because you brought the blueberries right yes Yes. it was nice oh my gosh yes and if you want to hear about that you can always go back to the uh, to the podcast mpbonline.org slash deep south dining we're going to take oh, a and everybody should be here today when I tell you this is really great yeah, that's chicken what rice. I, I, we're going to go mm-hmm. ahead and take a break because I want to take another bite of this uh, <laughs> chicken and rice and uh, when we come back from the break we'll be talking with um, David Arant from Delta Blues Rice they're uh, making up something really really special and as we have been doing for the entire summer uh, highlighting uh, farms around Mississippi as we keep farm to table and just basically knowing where your food is coming from um, here from Deep South Dining. So join the conversation, 1-877-672-7464, 1-877-672-7464, or send an email, food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. And we're back here on Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman, uh, filling in for Kevin Farrell. I uh, hope I'm not telling any tales out of school. Um, he's, you know, a baseball Fanatic oh, almost, yes. and he's uh <laughs> he went to uh, watch some baseball games and and do what Kevin Farrell does, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow uh, on Money Talks. Well, I'm but really we miss happy. We missing him yeah, today. I always miss Kevin when he's not here, but I'm happy he's out doing what he loves between the tennis and the baseball. He's my like superhero, and so oh yeah, he's having a great time. I really wish we could, because we're not going to have any leftover, <laughs> and we could save we could save him some chicken and rice. Because I like the way he, um, you know, he, uh, just just fawns over your over, oh over your dishes. He makes Mondays so fantastic. Between Kevin and Ezra, it's just like really wonderful. I know when I've done uh, like a home run because yeah. Kevin's face will light up and he and he kind of bounces his head up and down like yes, <laughs> and it just makes you know those are the kind of moments that make me want to go in the kitchen and cook something else. It is you know being able to see 
somebody's appreciation for what you put on the table and their love for what you're doing, it just inspires me to cook something else. And this is about anybody. I mean, encouragement goes a, a long way. And with being a cook, you know, no better encouragement than a closed mouth and a, uh, <laughs> and, and a smile. You know, the cook did something good when the, when the, uh, when, when the dining room table is quiet. Oh, wow. Yeah. And all you hear is the food noises. Yeah. Mm, You know, that's always wonderful. All right. We're going to go ahead and um, uh, go to our interview this hour. We're speaking with uh, David A. Rant from um, Delta Blues Rice. They are cooking up, well, growing something really, really special um, in the Delta, uh, right right outside of Ruleville. Uh, Is that correct, David? How are you doing this morning? Doing good, Java. Doing real good. Yeah, that's correct. We're growing our, uh, our rice right outside of Ruble. Sure. Good morning, David. Let me tell you, I really appreciate you guys sending some rice so that, you know, I could share in this amazing love. So we did a wonderful dish in honor of you guys today. And I just want to say thank you. Well, sure. We we appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. We we really do appreciate it. Look forward to talking to y'all. Okay, well, um, we yeah, we said your farm is uh, right out of there uh, in Ruleville, right off of uh, Highway 8. But um, one, one thing I like about a lot of farms here in Mississippi, they're family farms. In, in the family, uh, been passed down from generations, and that's, and that's the same thing with you guys, right? That's correct. You know, my, my grandmother's father started his farm back in the 20s, and then my granddad and my dad, and, you know, now I'm the fourth generation, my dad and my uncle, and now I'm the fourth generation out here. Uh, trying to continue on the legacy, and um, it, you know it's you know a lot of people have a different opinion of farms. They think they're just corporate farms, but you know, like like you said, most majority of farms across the state and the country are family owned. And the thing that you know I really appreciate about farming is the hard work and the core values that go into just simply maintaining the farm itself. A lot of people don't realize how much work goes into just maintaining the property, not just the product, but the property itself, David. You know, you're exactly right. We have, I mean, we have, you know, we have several guys, all they do is cut the grass because it's such a, is that because, you know, weeds start growing up on turn rows and that kind of stuff. And so you got to, maintain those those right of ways to make them look good and to help control your weed population so yeah you're exactly right smoothing up roads i mean you know farming is a a very time-consuming and labor-intensive job no matter what crops you grow um but yeah definitely just maintaining property is a big part of our job for sure and it's it's very rewarding too because when the grass is cut and you know the roads have been graveled out and everything has been painted up and you know put together and you step back and you look at it it's you know and people are driving down a highway or all or these off-centered roads and they go oh wow how beautiful but they again they don't realize just how much labor intensity goes into maintaining that so one of the things that talk to us about your award-winning rice well you know my family, we we have we have had an old rice mill for decades, and you know we, my family would always mill the rice out and give it away to friends and family. You know during Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, everybody always they always wanted more rice, and you know it's, it's the only rice we ever ate. We thought rice was just rice, and so you know that that kind of put a little spark in my mind. Okay, maybe we have something a little bit different. But then my wife and I, after Mississippi State, we moved to Jackson, um, and we we frequented the farmers market a good deal. And so we really got to know, you know, the farmers who grew our food, blew, grew, uh, grew our blueberries or strawberries or whatever, and that really kind of, um, I guess, set a fire under us in a way. And so when we came back to the Mississippi Delta in 2012, um, we kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. And so we we decided, let's my family decided let's open up a rice mill and see, and you know, 
share our products with with people outside of our friend zone, you know, and, and just show what Mississippi can do, promote the farmer. Because, I mean, you would be amazed that, you know, when, we, when we're at trade shows or whatever, how, I mean, how few people actually realize that rice is grown in the, in the country, much less in the state of Mississippi. Um, most people think rice comes from overseas, but, I mean, you have quite a few rice-producing states here in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it is California, Texas, Mississippi. Uh, I, I kind of looked at a few of those states, but Mississippi is Louisiana, one. Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't know that there's like over 140 different species of rice. And I believe in the United States, we kind of use less than 140 uh, of those varieties. So how did you choose which variety of rice that you wanted to grow here? Well, you know, as a farmer, um, like you said, there, we, we can grow, you know, just for, based on varieties and yield. We, we, can, we, have, we can choose probably between 20 to 30 different varieties of rice, and we have just chosen one that we, we like the flavor of it. We like the way it cooks. Um, we've just chosen one variety to, to do our uh, particular milling operation, to run through our meal. And we, we grow other varieties on our farm, but only one of those varieties actually we package up and sell to our individual consumer. Well, for those of you who have not had the Delta rice, let me tell you, it is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful bite. It's beautiful to look at, you know, because I'm a very visual person, David. So as I rinsed the rice and was getting ready to plate it, and I was just like, oh, wow. So we actually even took pictures of it, you know, just the rice itself, because it's absolutely beautiful, and it tastes delicious. And to speak about how... um how beautiful it is! It's a video on YouTube that I that I found. I think it was the Farm Farm Bureau of Mississippi yeah, yeah. and showed their um showed actually them taking it from the field and going through the meal and all of the the polishing and things. Talk about that real quick, David. Okay, yeah, you know, rice leaves the field and um, we we run it we, we we clean it up. Well, first of all, we, run, we remove it from the field. We dry the rice down to a certain uh, moisture level, and once it reaches a moisture level. You don't have to worry about it, um, you know, going spoiling or going bad. And, you know, once we dry it down, then we'll uh, run it through a cleaning operation to get any kind of straw or uh, bugs out and that kind of stuff. And then once you do that, you're ready to mill the rice. And you, a lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, the, the first step of the rice milling process, you just remove the exterior yellow husk. And once you remove that, that gives you brown rice. And... If you want white rice, all you have to do is polish that brown rice. A lot of people think that brown rice and white rice are two different plants, but they're actually this one of the same plant. It's just different steps of, of a process. And, um, you know, I've had several people email me and call, or call me and say, you know, do you bleach your rice, you know, to make it white? I was like, no, you know, we, we, I'm not even aware of that. Maybe it might happen. I don't know, but I'm not aware of that going on at all. But we certainly do not bleach the rice. You don't have to bleach it because... The polishing action make, removes that rice brand to make it white. Can we step back a little bit now? A lot of people don't know that rice is considered to be a row product and it, it needs irrigation. So can you talk to us a little bit about the irrigation system? Well, you know, on rice, traditionally, rice is grown in, in rice fields that, that are flooded up to have, you know, one to two inches of water over the entire uh, area of the field. That's traditionally how it's grown. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that helps with weed pressure and helps to, um, you know, prevent certain diseases and that kind of stuff when you have a, a constant flood of water on it. Uh, one thing we're actually kind of experimenting with, and it's not, we're, we're certainly not the innovators of this, it's been, the trials have been going on for a while, but it's just, 
it's kind of like what, how you water your corn and soybeans. It's called row watering rice, and that uses a lot less water and it's a lot less labor intensive. And we're we're experimenting with that method of uh, irrigating our rice. And I know that some people may be tuning in to Deep South Diner. We're talking to David A. Rantz from uh, Delta Blues Rice and wondering, you know, why are we talking about how it's prepared and how it's formed? Because it's one thing for people to get the rice and put it on their plate and cook it and eat it. But it's one thing to know exactly where your food comes from and how it's being made and uh, and produced. Because I, when I heard David say that, I heard the word disease. And it got through the process that he's using, um, gets rid of some of the diseases and things. And that's why I enjoyed the video off of YouTube with um, him showing the process because it went from the field all the way to the bag yeah. that's on the shelf at the grocery store that I take home and feed to my family. And it was good to know that process. Well, I love the fact, uh, Java, that you know that we are again sharing this information uh, because many times as consumers, we just grab some stuff off the shelf and we go home and cook it, and we really don't understand all the love that's been, you know, put into it. And in support of Mississippi farmers, I think this is absolutely amazing, David. You know, to have a farm in Mississippi, so it's food by Mississippi for Mississippi and sharing it with the world. I just think that's incredible. Because where can we find your um find find Delta Blues rice? Not not only in Mississippi, right? <laughs> yeah, we're you know, we're we're scattered across the country here and there. You can order our products anywhere online. Uh but you know, we have restaurants and, and grocery stores from Texas to to New York. Um it's it's um we're we're you know, it's a constant process of trying to grow a business and, and build a build a brand. And so we're constantly looking for new markets and new places to put our product. So what do you think is the one thing that sets your rice apart from any other brand? Well, I'm actually glad you asked about that because you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, all the different varieties a rice farmer can grow. Well, as I said, we chose one variety. Well, you know, some of the products on the on the store shelf, there are might be multiple varieties in that single bag because, you know, the, all the rice farmers, most of them, I mean, majority of them, they take, they, everybody grows a different, some people grow different varieties, some people grow the same variety. But when it's time for harvest, everybody takes that same rice to the rice mill. And the rice mills really don't have a choice, but they co-mingle that rice together. And um, those different varieties have slightly different cooking characteristics, slightly different taste. And so, you know that's that's the biggest thing right there. I believe is that you know with this one single variety, you don't you kind of have more of a pure flavor of what this variety tastes like. Um, you know that, that's kind of one of the differences between our rice and, and some of the rice on the store shelf. I mean, some some rice definitely is a uh, single single pure variety, but not all of it is. Well, I tell you, you have definitely won my heart. I think it's going to be in my kitchen forever and ever and ever because it really is. The presentation, again, was beautiful, but the bite itself, and I wish you could have been here today (laughs) to see how people have consumed. You know, people were walking around, including our producers, and giving us the thumbs up. I mean, it's really a very wonderful product. Well, thank you. Did did y'all have a chance to sample the rice grits? Now, that's what I was going to bring up next was about um, you all sell the white rice and the um, and the brown rice, but you also serve the, uh, sell the rice grits. Yes. I, I don't, um, I will, Deborah, we're going to have to get you to whip up something with the grits, maybe some shrimp on some, you Yeah, know. I was about to say that, David. That'll probably be like we're going to do a show about grits, and we're going to use that particular product, and I'm going to yep. make something really yummy, and I wish you could be in the studio, so... <laughs> Well, depending on the time of year, I, I might be able to make it. You know, right now we're just so busy uh, with 
with the farming with the farming operation. I mean, early mornings and late nights is just kind of the the name of the game right now. It's just, it's just hard to break away sometimes. Well, well, that was one of the things that Job and I were talking about earlier because I spent my weekend on the farm, uh, David. We we're rolling out hay this weekend, so yeah. I truly understand that. And speaking of early mornings, David texted me this morning about about six thirty, and I, and I texted him back, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I was like, wow, man, I'm up to you know send send this text back." But then I said, "I'm I'm still at home though. I know David's been at work uh, <laughs> since, since before, before the sun, before the crack of dawn. That's what happens on the farm." <laughs> When I when I sent that text, I was I was getting in my truck heading out. It was a little bit late. I got a little bit later start than what I wanted to this morning. But you know, after a weekend, you kind of sometimes just need to uh, kind of slowly move into a day. So that was kind of my schedule of the day. So tell us about some uh, awards that you've won with your rice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I guess last summer we received an award. Southern Living gave us an award for our white rice product, our long grain white rice. They um they they put us in the magazine and they, they had a nice little write-up about the white rice product. Um, last, I guess, November of last year, Garden and Gun Magazine, they, they named us the overall winner of their food category for their Made in the South Award. Wow. And um, that was judged by Chef Alton Brown, if you're familiar, familiar with him. And that that right there, that, that was for our rice grits. And that right there was just a huge uh, honor for us. And we were completely taken away that, that he would award our product uh, the overall food winner. And so that's been a um, – the rice grits are definitely – the white rice grits are definitely our most popular product just because of that award right there. That's it made my heart beat really fast when uh, I heard you say that because, you know, to be a foodie – and and to know who he is and to know how prestigious that is, not just for you, but for us here in Mississippi, that's amazing. Right, yeah. It, it, like I said, it really did blow us away. When I found out who was the judge, I and mean, I've always watched out Brown shows, I mean, it, it, I thought he was, I thought he was, I like the scientific aspect. I mean, I'm, I'm a former engineer. That's I, I, I what I did when I was in Jackson. I did civil engineering. And just his scientific approach to everything, that's kind of how I operate anyway. And so I loved his shows and what he does. Now, speaking of scientific approach, you know, talk to us about how that works with farming, because, you know, one of the things we talk about with food here is teaching your children history and science and math. And that same uh, principle, of course, applies to the day to day principles of farming. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know. Uh, um, you know, I work I'm like I have three young boys and I work. I'm constantly kind of showing them the, the, the ropes of farming or taking them on the tractor with me riding around, showing them irrigation. But the, um, you know, the um, just on the farm itself, on the scientific approach, you know, we're, I'm as an engineer, I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways to, you know, convey water from one area of the farm to the other because, you know, our water resources are such a precious, uh, precious resource. So that's, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to, Get the most efficiency for our for our irrigation, and, and that's just a big thing for me. I, I really enjoy that as well, just my, with my background. That goes back to what I say all the time: farmers, and especially Mississippi farmers, are the smartest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was taking his taking his boys out, so he's keeping it in the family. And uh, now we've talked about the farm, and, and you know how it's produced, and 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 seeing you on video packaging it. Uh, but on your website, Delta Blues Rice. I come. You have some uh, some recipes. So, what's what's one of your favorite favorite ways to get get down with your rice? 
Well, I, Java, you mentioned this recipe, just white rice and butter. That's been a favorite <laughs> of my life. I mean, really, that, that is my favorite way to have rice. Um, but if I had to choose, like, um, if I had to choose, like, a rice, rice grit recipe, we have, um, you know, it's a Parmesan cheese rice grit or Creole uh, shrimp rice and grits. Those, those are two of my favorite rice grit recipes. Um, on the brown rice side, I mean, you know, a lot of people cook brown rice in the uh, on the stovetop. But one method we recently found it, and I think it's like either a, I think it's a, out, a variation of out brown, and, and Cooks Illustrated their recipe, but it's it's an oven baked brown rice, mm-hmm. and it's it's really good. You know, sometimes on stovetop brown rice can kind of be it's not always perfect, but um, oven baked brown rice, and that recipe is on our website. It's it's amazing how well it turns out. We'll sometimes saute a little bit of meat and some vegetables and mix that in together and it, that's that's a really good brown rice recipe as well i think one of the things that you know happens with brown rice sometimes is um you can if you're not careful you can misjudge the timing because it takes a little bit longer java because the rice is at its purest state at that point so you want to cook that's it right. just a little bit longer than you would by the time it's gotten polished it cooks up a lot faster and and the texture, if you don't cook it just right, uh, can be too chewy. Um, and so, right. Yeah, so you want to make sure that you take your time and really cook that rice right. And one of the things that I do is I start off high to get a nice boil, and then I'll lower the temperature and just let it finish cooking off that way. But you want to cook it uh, long enough so that you get a really wonderful bite in that brown rice. Right. So, what, you know, the oven-baked brown rice recipe we have, it's... Um you know, you actually pour boiling water over the rice. You get a, a, a pot of boiling water, you pour it over the rice, then you stick it in the oven. for about. It's about an hour-long cooking time, so it's a long cooking time, but it frees up your stovetop, and it's not a it's not a mess, but it's, it really does cook evenly every single time, and it, it really is our, our go-to brown rice recipe now, just on basic cooking, and you can mix anything in with that. And before I say anything else, David, I just want to tell you that I am up for adoption, so you can send me rice for life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we eat rice. Uh, naturally, we eat rice a good bit in our household. And my boys, they uh, they, they can be pretty picky, but they, like even the brown rice grits, they're not the biggest brown rice fans because it can be, sometimes if it's not cooked just right, it can be a little bit chewier. But they like the brown rice grits. And, you know, you get the healthy option of the brown rice, but you also get the the different texture of the brown rice grits and, and and quicker cooking time with brown rice grits as well. Well, we want to thank uh, da- we want to thank you, David, for um, for speaking with us today. Uh, your your rice is delicious, and also your I just your story too because you guys started out you know as a rice farmer, rice meal, and were just kind of giving it away. But you thought you had something special, and now you know you have something special, and people can find it on the shelves Delta Rules uh, Delta Blues well, I, I thank y'all very much, Java, and Debra. Y'all have been y'all have been great hosts. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Oh no, thank you so much for your kindness. And again, thank you for sending Java and I that amazing care package. We really appreciate you. Yeah, we really do. And we're going to go ahead and take um take a break right now. This is uh Deep South Diner just finished talking with David A. Rand from uh Delta Blues Rice. Still looking for your calls one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Maybe you have a um, rice recipe. Maybe you've even uh had Delta Blues Rice with rice grits, or just a go to dish that you want to share with uh, our audience. Well, number once again one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the break. 
is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Yes, this is a live radio program here on MPB Think Radio, and we often have conversations while the microphone is off. But thanks to uh, Michelle McAdoo, who's been doing a wonderful job, a very wonderful job, um, um, filling in some big shoes here. No more chicken and rice for you, Michelle. At MPB, uh, you know, she hit a hit hit the, hit the button a little bit before time, but it's okay. Nobody noticed. Until I gave this minute long explanation. Yeah, this is MPB Think Radio, Deep South Dining. Uh, you can join our conversation this morning, our lively conversation, one eight seven seven MPB Ring, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Looking for your go to meals. Uh, we got some callers lined up. Yeah, it's a good thing. Kathleen, Frank, and Jim, and uh, also want to thank David for. Um, you know, uh, speaking with us this morning as uh, Delta Blues Rice is making waves throughout the state. We're going to go to our phone lines and speak with Kathleen this morning in Osaka. How you doing, Kathleen? I'm doing good. Good morning. Deborah. this one is for you. Yay. It's not a recipe, but I hear you talking about remembering family and food and things like that. And I have an old cookbook from the 20s and 30s. Oh, wow. And there was a little verse in there. It says, when Grandma rang the dinner bell, it says, from the South 40 over yonder, you don't have to even ponder. Oh, the mighty clang and swell when Grandma rang the dinner bell, running in from places far, fields and grain from open spaces, came the young and old who knew so well when Grandma rang the dinner bell. Oh, girl. Isn't that cute? That is absolutely wonderful. I found that and I said, that's Deborah Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's it really is the heart and soul of, you know, great Southern cooking and family. And, you know, when you were reading that, I was thinking about my grandmother because she would do that. We would be outside, especially as tiny little kids outside playing. And then she'd finally come to the back porch and she'd say, dinner time. And I don't care what we were doing, Kathleen. It was time to go in the house, wash up, and eat. Yeah, so. You have a long arm. <laughs> well, there was one little uh, recipe in there from the 30s, but I thought you might appreciate it because it's called radio pudding. <laughs> okay. Sometime in the early 30s, before Rural Electric, the mother who was fixing the recipe wrote the recipe down, but she missed the name of the recipe. So she always called it radio pudding. <laughs> it's so cute. And um, it, it's only eight uh, eight little ingredients, which isn't complicated, but the directions are, so I might have to mail that to you. But I just thought that radio plays a role in our lives, more than people give it credit for, going way back even to now. Right, because people didn't have television and everybody would gather around the radio and you would listen to these amazing shows and it was, you know, it was the way we entertained ourselves and now of course everybody's walking around with iPhones and iPods and all these kind of things. But, you know, our desire is to really bring especially at Cooking with Honey and Friends, to bring the family back to the table, to sit down, to turn those devices off, and enjoy to ring the dinner bell, Kathleen. There you go, because I remember, with, well, I don't remember, but I know the radio um, 
played a major part was at War of the Worlds. They thought it was an alien invasion because they were given the, the such a dramatic description over the radio. Also, you used to get the um, the weekly presidential address yeah. over the radio, which is now on YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> it always has played a uh, played a big part. Kathleen, thank you for um, thank calling you in so this much, morning. Uh, next, we go to Frank in Jackson. Uh, wants to talk about. Okay, go ahead, Deborah. Is this my Frank? Oh my gosh! Hi, how are you? We miss you. Where have you been? Well, we got a name for ladies like you with two Monday morning husbands. <laughs> Watch it, Frank. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, what do you have for me today? Yeah, I've been listening, but um, I'm kind of intrigued. The price of cauliflower has gone up tremendously, and supposedly there was a. Uh, bad weather out where they grow it in California. But I'm seeing now that the commercial um, frozen food people are now putting out cauliflower mash and cauliflower rice. Have you tried any of that stuff? I have not tried the cauliflower uh, rice before, but to be able to use uh, cauliflower and almost create a mashed potato dish, I've done that, and it's absolutely wonderful. It's a great way to get people to eat cauliflower that normally would not do it. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, quick recipe, please. I'm sorry, Frank, what did you say? Recipe for the mash? Well, basically what you want to do is you're going to uh, just simply add a little bit of salt to your water. You're going to add, rinse your cauliflower, cut it up, add it into your water, and you're going to cook it down, Frank. And then once you cook it down, and I love always adding uh, things, extra things like onions uh, into um, whatever it is that I'm preparing. But you want some butter, a little bit of heavy cream, some salt, and some pepper. And you're just going to simply take that and put it in your, um, take a blender and just cream it up really. Take a hand mixer, Frank, and you can, or just take a masher and mash it up really, really well. And if you want to, you can add a little Parmesan cheese into it. It makes for a wonderful bite. I'm intrigued. But you know I like raw food, so I gotta work on that. Well, I love raw <laughs> foods too, Frank, but you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a Southern girl and, you know, I want to cook some stuff too. So oh, it's fine. It. I appreciate it. Well, we're, so thank you and happy to hear your voice. Yes, ma'am. Bye bye. Yeah, Frank is always a um uh interesting call. You never oh, um, I love my and, and his raw his raw food approach um is I'd say interesting to me. I'm I I I don't know if I ever be able to do anything like that. But, but you know, it's really ma- amazing because you you know, people eat raw food sometimes and not even conscious of it. Your salads, for instance, most of the items going to be in your salad, except maybe your heavy proteins are going to be raw food. So, you know, you eat them. You just don't really think about it sometimes until somebody uses, you know, keywords and it, it just kind of messes your brain up a little bit. But you eat cucumbers, you, you know, you eat your, your straw. Yeah, your fruit. You, Carrots and all those kind of things are add broccoli or added in and uncooked. But so, how do you eat your steak if you eating right? Oh, <laughs> we got another call on the line. Uh, let's go to Jim uh, in Madison. Thank you for calling this morning, Jim. How you doing? Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. What do you have for me today? I've got a recipe I've been cooking for almost 50 years that never fails to please. Okay. Very, very easy. Um this is a hamburger dish that's baked in the oven. Uh, start with two pounds of ground chuck, not more than 80% lean, because if it gets leaner than that, they get tough in the oven. 
uh, make four patties, salt, pepper, and onion salt on them both sides, uh, brown them in some sort of neutral oil. Um, olive oil doesn't work well um, with this particular recipe, but something like peanut oil or canola oil would be great. Uh, brown them, put them in a glass casserole that's small enough so that the four burgers will fit, but they, there's not a lot of extra room. Use the smallest one that'll hold them all. Pour over the top of them two cans of undiluted cream of chicken soup. Mm-hmm. Then, if you want to, you can add a six-ounce jar of sliced mushrooms without the liquid. You put it in the oven at 350 for about 40 minutes, uncovered, and it is absolutely the best hamburger dish you ever ate in your life. Oh, my goodness. And I just saw some creamed potatoes served on the side with that, some string beans. Yeah. (laughs) Serve it over extra wide uh, whole wheat noodles or over rice. This just couldn't be any better. Oh, yeah, that sounds absolutely yummy. And, you know, Java, I absolutely love quick and easy recipes. And, again, it's freeing up the, you know, your eyes and cooking things in the oven so you can go on and do something else is always a great way to be in the kitchen. Yeah, thank you. And even better, uh, if you have any leftover, they freeze beautifully, and you can just heat them up in the microwave or in the oven, and they're just as good as when they first came out of the oven. Wow. I'm going to have to uh, listen back and get that recipe. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate appreciate it for that, Jim, this morning. Thank you so much, Jim. Have an amazing day. Yeah, that was that, that was awesome right there. And if you missed any part of that, you can always go back to mpbonline.org uh, slash deep south dining. Absolutely. Yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and take one final break. If you want to squeeze in a call and tell us about your go-to dish, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or give us an email at food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back. This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman, filling in for Kevin Farrell. Been doing my best Kevin Farrell impression for the last hour, uh, <laughs> sitting with her um, Monday morning lady, <laughs> Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Uh, before we get out of here, Deborah, we we're talking about just some some easy go to things to always have in the kitchen. Uh, you know, it's, it's busy, even though it's summertime. Um, easy living in the summertime, but it's very busy. And you know, what are some things people can just have to? Get that get that meal going. Well, two items, Java, that I try to keep in my pantry at all times is the different varieties of pasta. And you want to keep some rice on hand at all times because they're quick and easy to cook. Uh, and they make wonderful, wonderful you know, dishes. And then the wonderful thing about pasta is you have all of these different varieties from your egg noodles to your penne. And, you know, they make wonderful whether you're going to do some, add some chicken or some shrimp, you know, create a quick sauce. It's just really wonderful. And then the beautiful thing is what Jim said earlier is you can go ahead and pre-cook some things, put them in, you know, freezer bags or containers, 
put them in the, you know, your freezer and then you can pull them out, you know, and it's really quick and easy. It saves you some time because nobody wants to be in, you know, in the kitchen forever. It's too hot. You want to get out and enjoy your life. You don't want to be in the kitchen all summer. So that's one of the things that I would recommend for everybody to do. Now, let me ask you this question because you say it's pasta. And I love pasta, spaghetti, alfredos, and linguine, and, and lasagna. I mean, I look like I love pasta. But if you get the store-bought um, sauce jar, because I, I can't make a sauce. Admi- sure you can. A- admittedly so. <laughs> how, would you, how would you, you know, kind of jazz it up? Well, you know, it's it's really easy to jazz it up. But Java, let me tell you, sauces are so quick and easy to make homemade stuff. If you've got some milk, some butter or some heavy cream, you got really great bases. If you've got fresh tomatoes, you can puree those tomatoes and you start out with a really wonderful base. One of the things that I love about Kevin, too, you know, is that he went and bought a spiralizer so you can use vegetables instead of actually using the pasta itself uh, uh, to zucchini makes wonderful, wonderful uh, pasta like- base. Spaghetti squash. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So you don't always have to go and spend money in the grocery store because a lot of these items you already have at home. But a little bit of butter, melt it down, pour in a little heavy cream, add in just a little bit of salt, some pepper, just squeeze in a little bit of lemon juice. You've got a great base. Toss your pasta in, add your chicken in, and you're good to go. It doesn't take a whole lot. Come on, you, 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 and you say that, Deborah. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give, give it, it a go. Give it a go. It, it, they really are not very difficult. You got some onions. You got some fresh garlic. You want to add those things in to bring up the taste of your creams or your milk or whatever you're using. If you want to use a white sauce again, if you want to. Uh, you know, use a red sauce. You always you, oh, you got fresh tomatoes. You know, you want to take those. You want to cut them down, smash them up a little bit. Take your butter, braise them out. Add a little bit of a white wine to that. It is absolutely amazing. Go ahead and add just some onions and keep you some onions. You know, in your pantry, they're really easy to keep. You know, just buy your bag, put them in a nice dry place, and you've got them the whole summer long. Uh, and you chop your onions up. Add a, again a little bit of basil, some garlic keep you some fresh always keep you some fresh herbs around throw it in there and you're good to go toss your pasta in if you just happen to want to go to the grocery store and buy those same things you can again add to your jar stuff you want to go ahead and add you some fresh um some fresh herbs right into that it makes a huge difference you may want to add a you know a, a pinch of extra peppers to give it an extra spice if you want to do that i wouldn't recommend adding a whole lot of salt to those because they already got preservatives and sauce in them that's the wonderful thing about making fresh sauces now i hear you deborah but i'm gonna keep my go-to char- charcoal <laughs> some uh uh lighter fluid <laughs> And, and 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 some meat and we and that is such a guy thing and I'm not against that you know I'm not but it you know cooking really is not very difficult I thought it would be but making sauces is probably one of the easiest things that you can do all right well yes ma'am well, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm gonna listen to you honey <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna go ahead and close the show want to thank uh, everybody for calling in uh, giving the go to dish and also um, this Friday you got something special going on this Friday everybody tune in to midday Mississippi we're gonna be there on WLVT cooking it up. So there we go. Hang out with this. Yeah, this is Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And uh, coming up next, now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. And make sure you join us next Monday, 9 a.m., Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.